All right, welcome to this edition of the Land of Lakers podcast with the Kamenetsky brothers. I'm Brian Kamenetsky. Andy Kamenetsky joined today. And, you know, some people, Andy, have taken the pandemic and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to get out of town. Mo DeKeel has taken it to another level. He's taken it to another galaxy. Look, I'm man, out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame anybody trying to get out of America right now. Let me just, he's let me not just even getting it. off America. He's off the planet. You know what, but, though? I mean, Brian, are, have you seen the list of places we can go? That's true. <laughs> I was gonna say, that is very true. <laughs> you get out of America, you got no other options other than space. People, by oh, the way, or... who can't, uh, who don't see this, by the way, we should clarify: we're doing this on Zoom, and Mo's oh, right. background is space. Space. He, he's just out in space right now, like like he's a uh, Clooney in Gravity. Yeah. the 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 problem is, Brian, I left my passport in L.A. So oh. <laughs> I have a sort of customs issue. <laughs> oh yeah. We we are currently trying to figure out and oddly enough there has not been a US embassy established yet on Mars. Well, we're working on it. Mo Keel joining us today. Uh, You're not missing much Mo, I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. You know him from uh, Bleacher Report from the Nerdery Road podcast with Dave Dufour on uh, uh The Athletic, also uh with Kelly Eco, Brody and the Beard. Um Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Oh, I love chatting with you guys. You guys. There was a really like it was an unusual pregnant pause before I got to. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, should let you know, Mo. Uh, if you ever do make it back to the Earth, um, you're going to be hungry. You're going to want some pizza, and we recommend heading out to Delicious Pizza. Two locations: one on uh, West Adams, one in uh, Hollywood. And you go out. And the pizza is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you say you give us the password Kamenetsky or Cam Brothers. Cam Brothers. When you go to uh, deliciouspizza.com or when you just you know call them up and order, get twenty percent off. They'll do that for you. Not only is the pizza really good, Andy, they are huge Laker fans over there. The guy who runs oh, the yeah. place, massive. Yeah. He's like oh. sending us emails at like two in the morning because he's concerned about Dion Waiters. <laughs> he is not screwing yeah. around. No, no, he 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 knows the team well. Like he is as passionate about the Lakers as everybody listening to this podcast like he's an LA guy through and through he uh before delicious pizza he uh co-ran delicious vinyl the record label he still runs it uh they had tone loke for a while uh young mc like the, the history just of uh mike ross in general is actually really interesting but again delicious pizza west adams sunset um hollywood off sunset 20 percent off with Cam Brothers, uh, with your order. So go there. It is fantastic pizza. Um, so the Lakers finished up on Thursday. Their bubble uh, eight games. Their their warm up for the for the uh, playoffs, and it truly was for the Lakers a warm up. The minute they won that game against the Clippers, they were functionally the number one seed in the West, and the Clippers really weren't going to put the pedal to the metal anyway. So the Lakers finished three and five. They didn't look particularly good um, throughout any of that process. Uh, and you know, the shooting picked up a little bit near the end, like, you know, Thursday, they shot the ball pretty well against the Kings, but it doesn't matter because nobody was playing. Uh, Mo, what were your impressions just broadly of what we saw from the Lakers over these eight games? I mean, the terrifying thing was obviously how bad the shooting was, right? Like you have Danny Green shooting below 30%, KCP shooting below 30%. Like it's, it's a bit troubling. You get you get a little scared and, and you wonder, well, how much are we actually missing Avery Bradley? You know, how much does Rondo actually Sorry, do? Sorry, folks, my ride's here. <laughs> Andy, you know what you did. <laughs> I do know what I did, and the list is long. Oh, boy. If, it's going to catch up to you eventually. I mean, if you want to hop on, I could send out a little pod for you. You want to come up to space with me. <laughs> I can't leave my family behind, Mo. I mean, they're already going to be dealing with the burden of what I'm getting picked up for. I can't become a fugitive in space. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I just think for the Lakers in general, it's been a uh, uneven play. Because you, even though they weren't going to go all out, you wanted them to at least look better. And offensively, it was a real struggle, especially early on. And, and I had noticed at one point, I was like, man, they, they kind of stopped posting up LeBron. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I was curious if that's something that they're going to get back to in the playoffs or not. Because that was such a key part of their offense that created looks for everybody. You know, I'm not a doom and gloom just yet with the team. I think, you know, honestly, I think they need just a tough first round playoff. 
to well, kind of get, get the it. gear going. Yeah. They, they may just get that with the Blazers. Um, yeah, well, it's we don't know. I mean, look, I mean, as we record this on Thursday afternoon, Phoenix is stomping Dallas. Dallas not, you know, not playing Porzingis, and Luka's going to get some short minutes, and Memphis is stomping a, a uh, Giannis-less Milwaukee team. So it's really going to come down to, it looks like, tonight uh, and, and, and the Portland game. And you know why they're Giannis-less? Because they, he headbutted a mo. You never yes. headbutt a mo. Were you uh, offended that he only got one game? I wasn't surprised because two games means a playoff. Mo Wagner, game. by one the way, game, for people unaware, for right. a former Laker, yeah. Mo Wagner. So, Mo, yes. did you take that personally? Did you think that was worth three or four games just for the Mo factor? I mean, y- yes and no. I believe Mo Wagner spells it with an E, which does bother me. So one game is <laughs> <laughs> one game is fine. Do you remember? He, do you remember the full name? Huh? Do you remember his full name? No. It's a uh, Moritz. Moritz. Had you uh, ever forgotten? Did you ever know it to be able to forget it? Uh, that's a good question, Brian. And no, I did not know his full name was Moritz. I just thought it was Mo. You know what? Actually, there were a bunch of last year, the, the Lakers, uh, their rookies were a bunch of guys with all ambiguous names. Like we're talking about Moritz Wagner. We learned this year that it's Itzak Bonga. It's not Isaac. It's Itzak. I mean, and like when we say we discovered this, because the, the Wizards uh, were in LA for a preseason game and we all discovered this, like the Lakers discovered this like I went around asking different people with the team like this is the most re- reporting Mo I've done in years <laughs> I was like did you guys know that it was Isaac and not Isaac they're like wait what what are you talking about like right. nobody knew this the kid was just so polite he wasn't correcting anybody like you do with your last name Mo. <laughs> yes. Yes. You do. you've done this for years I was gonna say I can relate <laughs> Yes, he was just happy to be there. We were I mean, for for years. We were pronouncing Dakil Samson because we just didn't realize we were doing it wrong. Um, but so, like the you know, but you have this setup where you know none of the top teams necessarily looked great. I think in the bubble, nobody was playing. You know, everybody had their own kind of thing. They were disjointed, trying to keep people healthy. The Clippers have guys in and out of the bubble, and Lou Williams is getting you know uh, lemon pepper flats and all these other things. The Laker fans, though, I think are feeling some angst, not just because of the of the uh, the shooting, which was god awful, and I would say I would say suspect all season long. They were a bottom third three point shooting team all year, most of the year. But Andy, you know, you you were talking about it when we were kind of getting ready for this. We haven't, we didn't see playoff LeBron. We didn't see the ramp up to playoff LeBron. We didn't see anything that looks like what they're going to need. Forget Anthony Davis here for a minute, who we talked about in our last episode. LeBron hasn't quite been LeBron either. Dude, we we haven't seen regular season LeBron. Right. I mean, forget playoff LeBron. The the last, the the game that they played against the Kings, I I don't have those stats updated, but it was only a half and it's the Kings. 15 minutes, 17 points. Three sure. rebounds, but I mean, in assists. terms of how it affects his overall numbers in the bubble, right. I don't have that. I also don't really care because it was half a game, and again, it was the Kings. LeBron is shooting under forty-five percent from the field, shooting thirty-three percent from behind the arc. He's at uh, seven assists, uh, seven point three against three point two turnovers. So you know, a little better than than two to one in that ratio. That is way. I mean, these are the counting stats, but those are way below. I mean, considerably below what LeBron was doing over the course of of the regular season. And he just, he's in particular, Mo really struggled to finish. Like at the rim, he's missed a lot of, you know, layups, like, you know, bunnies, like stuff at the rim that LeBron typically puts down in his sleep. Like even this game against the Kings, there, there were a few where you could see like through LeBron's facial expressions and body language. It's like, damn, man, like, Really, I'm really not getting this to fall. Yeah, it, it's kind of startling, especially understanding that. Look, when the hiatus hit, we were, you know, there was the movement to LeBron could be the MVP, you know, and there was that whole campaign, and there was a push behind it, and they were coming off their two biggest wins of the year against the Bucks and the Clippers, and looked great in those games. I think there was, you know, it's it's almost startling. Like that was the last image we we saw, and then. Then we see him now. We're like, whoa! It's almost like uh, I'm gonna. If you haven't seen uh, Avengers: Infinity War 
or, or Endgame. I'm sorry to to spoil it here, but it's almost like going from regular Thor to Fat Thor. You know, and you're just like, what the hell? You know, Fat Thor is fantastic. Fat Thor is really really funny. Good name for a fantasy football team too. Uh, but like you know, it's it's if this were the re- if this season hadn't been interrupted, you would look at a lot of this stuff and and just say. Oh, it's LeBron. He's 35 years old. He's hitting the wall. It's all these other, but I don't think you can go there because, you know, even set age aside, like they had four months off. Like, you know, LeBron had time to heal. Maybe the groin's bugging him a little bit more than the Lakers are letting on or whatever it is. Um, I, I think it, it, you can't necessarily, I actually take, I would take that as a comforting thing if were I a Laker fan that it's, it's probably not fatigue or age or something like that. And until somebody like until I see LeBron not do what he normally does in the playoffs, I'm going to assume he do, is going to do what he does in the playoffs. But it's just it's it's part of that layer of concern. Like, and I think every team their fan base feels it. But you look at it. Anthony Davis was inconsistent, and teams showed that if you throw bodies at him, like sometimes it takes him out of his game. LeBron didn't look great. The shooting wasn't great, and you want to go into the playoffs feeling really good. And even though I'm, I, other fan bases have reasons to be nervous too, and teams have reasons to be nervous mo too, but it's just hard to get there right now with the Lakers. I'm still, I'm not, I'm not, they're at the least going to the Western Conference Finals, but I could see where they might be a little bit, a little bit nervous, a little bit worried. I, I think the the worry is is fair. I think it's something that you're just gonna have. It's it's. Again, because it's just everything you lined up. It's stuff that's like, okay, well, that's not good. Okay, that's not good. What's you know, what is the positive stuff? And I'm going to give Laker fans the one positive thing I really thought was impressive. Do it. You know, it's something they should hang their hat on. And this is something that I never thought I'd see. But Kyle Kuzma had a pretty damn good bubble, didn't he? Yes, he did. did. Yes, he He, did. and, And not just offensively. You know, I thought he was great defensively, and maybe not coming up with stops all the time, but defensive effort. Yes. is something that I've harped on about Kuzma and felt like, you know, he just didn't care. And that is something I felt very different about in these eight games in the bubble. I felt like it kind of clicked. And you hear stories of Jared Dudley kind of being in his ears going like, your shot may not always go down, but you can defend. You got to work. You got to be able to play defense. And that's been a, a bright spot for the Lakers. You know, he's shooting 44% from three in the bubble. Like, I think these are all things that they can feel a little bit comfortable with because I'm with you, Brian, and until LeBron can't do it, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he can. Now he's got to be, It's what makes it is just like, it's not that he has to be regular season, like Andy read off some of those numbers. He's The expectation is that he and AD will be better, that they elevate because that's what LeBron does. But I, I think the Kuz thing is massively significant. Andy, you've written about it all year long uh, for The Athletic. Like, he's the thing, in the same way that Michael Porter Jr. makes the Nuggets a potentially different playoff team because nobody was expecting that guy to be ready to put up 23, 24 points a game. If Kuz is a really consistent player in the playoffs, like, that changes everything about what the Lakers present. Well, yeah. I mean, it changes everything about uh, what the Lakers present in part because, you you know, you have that third option. You have, as, as Mo was talking about, a, a guy who feels like he's becoming more of a third presence. Like beyond just the scoring, you know, you saw some really good defensive moments for Kuzma. You also saw him make some really good reads on the floor. And, and Kuzma's talked a lot about wanting to become more of a playmaker. And, you know, I, I don't think he's ready to run sets yet or anything like that for the Lakers. And you know, an issue that they have is they don't have a ton of playmaking on that team. Yeah, Deion Waiters, is, Andy. <laughs> I mean, look, Deion's, Deion's going to be relied on for some of that. I mean, he is for, for better or for worse, or I imagine in some games, both, that's going to be happening. But with, but with Kuzma, though, like, he's the only guy on the team that represents that type of potential for upside. Like, everybody else on the team – could play really well, but like we know what a really good version of Danny Green is. It's three and D. It's hopefully at an elite level, but that's it. Like, like there's not going to be a next level of scoring that comes from Danny Green or playmaking or, or things like that. Like it's not what he does. And it's established by now that it's not what he does. I mean, like Dwight may be shooting and I'm not exaggerating like 75% from the field uh, right. you know, in, in the bubble <laughs> or for the season, but 
you only want Dwight doing so much offensively. Like you're not going to start running sets through Dwight. I mean, you, you can ask a bunch of teams along the way to Dwight becoming a Laker, why you don't do that. Like the, the potential upside for all these other guys, even playing at their best. And by the way, playing at their best, they become really valuable pieces for the Lakers. They become really good supporting players. But Kuzma's the only guy, Mo, who I think represents that type of just upside where you where you could become, you know, like Chris Bosh light. But Chris Bosh light, like the version that the Heat got as that third guy, well, v- the, the very B, light. The B yeah. level version yeah. of Chris Bosh is a really, well, really good player. It's just the gap between what Kuz was in the regular season and what this would mean in the playoffs, Mo, I think that 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 elevates them. Yeah, I think, you know, I look at Kuzma and I'm maybe not as he's going to be a, a third option or, 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 or third. I like that you, you called him the third presence, but I think overall, I think his ceiling is really just a high level role player, kind of like Danny Green or something in that expect a different player, but to that importance. And, you know, the, the stuff that's really good to see too, though, is, you know, there was no, you know, misgivings from coach Vogel and, and drawing up that game winning play that they got, you know, had Kuzma involved as an option and, and he, no hesitation from him for hitting the, the three and the, you know, the hell of a line with, you know, Jesus could have been in front of me. I was still shooting it. And can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, let's let, yeah, I, I was, I was going to make sure the conversation steered there. Go ahead. Andy. <laughs> I mean, I get what Kuzma's saying and it is a phenomenal line. It's probably the line of the bubble. Is scoring on Jesus really that great of an accomplishment? Like, is it that scary if you line up and you see you're matched up against Jesus? Like, if, if you're six foot, what, six foot seven Kyle Kuzma? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, what we know about Jesus, like, I mean, the scouting, Mo, you did film. What's the scouting report? Well, like, I, I also know from, from, from history of other movies and things I've watched is that he can't hit the curveball. <laughs> and so, you know, the, he couldn't guard Judas. I don't know. I don't know. He couldn't even. He couldn't even keep tabs. Like Judas went. Judas went back door on Jesus. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, am I wrong? Uh, I don't no, know. We're, we're, <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> actually, I don't really know either. Right. <laughs> but here's here's why here's why I think this is impressive. It's it's not yeah, like yeah wife. because <laughs> if you go back to you know ancient times and when you know you know D I guess DC there's BC there's AD and then there's like DC during Christ. <laughs> I mean, like everybody was short back then. I mean, he, the guy couldn't have been more than like five five. Five six, like right. I mean, just couldn't have been like just genetically. If he's a six footer, like that's shocking. Um, I don't know. I mean, he didn't have a shoe deal, and if he did, there were sandals. So I mean, like he's not. You know, the lateral movement's not there. I think what it is, and what makes it impressive, if like if if it's not Bull Bull, who is hard to shoot over, and it's Jesus, who is easier in basketball terms to shoot <laughs> over, is the fact that it's Jesus. And it's like if I saw I'm not I'm not a Christian, you know we're I'm a I'm a, a Jewish fella. If Jesus came to guard me at a critical moment of a basketball game, I would probably stop what I'm doing. <laughs> I would be well, like, oh, like it's the oh, like damn, the respect Jesus. factor is going to be there. Right. Well, I mean, I mean part, part of it, part of it is I'm just going to be like, oh, is this the second coming? And then right. I, hit I mean, the there's shot. all and kinds of impl- <laughs> why, why are you here? There's it's like especially especially shooter, in 2020. Like, do you exactly. want to see Jesus in 2020? That's not, no, that's, that's like too much. And just so you know that if I did see him and then hit the shot, this would also confirm that <laughs> making the shot is like, oh yes, no, indeed it is <laughs> the end. We've reached the, uh... roll him up. That's it. <laughs> good game. We had a good run. <laughs> I, I just, I think that's what makes, I think that's what makes hitting that shot in Jesus's face. Um, more impressive it's not his defensive ability it's really just the presence it, what it yeah. means to put him on the floor like yeah. like if you put <laughs> Je- if you see jesus you know taking the court there's something going on there it's a big deal think about think this that, uh, oh, go ahead mo well i'm just curious what you think his trash talk would be like <laughs> you know what guys? Take, I, take that my does son he need like, to? does jesus need trash talk i feel like i feel like jesus would be the ultimate act like you've been there before guy like, I, like, remember, like, uh, for people old enough, uh, Art Monk, 
the receiver for Washington, like really prolific. Barry Sanders, if you want to be slightly more modern. These guys who who just hand the ball back to the referee, I feel like that would be Jesus if he shut you down. He, He just seems like the type of guy who would act like he's done it before. Like, like he wouldn't need to celebrate himself. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Not that I'm against trash talking. I'm just saying it just doesn't seem, again, what I know about him, which is exceptionally little. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think having, yeah. Uh, doesn't feel uh, in to, his wheelhouse. Right, so like, uh, think of two it, think Jewish guys and a Muslim talking about Jesus <laughs> is really kind of an interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's actually yeah. the name of the podcast we're working on is two Jews and a Muslim. Uh, Let's but do it. <laughs> Let's do just it. Like, I think like how this. shocked you'd be if you saw like Lincoln came out to guard you or George <laughs> yeah, but, Washington. But that's way more wingspan, though. <laughs> but it's <laughs> true, but, but it's the shock value. And then it still doesn't have all the implications of Jesus coming back. So true. that's true. Um, I, I think that's it. And I, I love the confidence of it. I love Kuz saying, you know, everybody in this league knows I'm a starter. I just have like I'd be starting on every team in the league except this one because I which is, you know, we can have that debate. I'm not sure he's exactly right, but. The thing that I, I, I I've been I've been harder on Kuzma than I think some people at least in in the LA media over the course of the year because I just don't think he's been as good as the hype connected to him. Right, and the numbers I think bear that out. But he's what I do respect most about of him, year. he has yeah, been. hasn't been yeah. very good. What I what I do respect about him a lot though is how he's consistently raising expectations of himself himself. You know, in training camp, he said like I am going to I expect to be you know, six man a year. Oh, I forget exactly what it was, but he was setting the bar really high for him to go hit it. He didn't, but now he's setting it high again for himself to go hit it. And I, I respect it. I'm not, it may not end up being a smart move for him in terms of PR and his look, but as a, as an athlete, I think you have to respect what he's trying to do for himself. I mean, there's no, there are no, um, you can't be an athlete athlete and not have self-confidence to some degree right like you know this is the thing i used to say about muhammad ali like he talked how great he was all the time and and maybe it's more so in boxing because it's an individual sport but you have to believe that you are the greatest of all times to go into that ring every time and you know and i think that's kind of the confidence that you kind of need to see and have that bravado a little bit and and things like that and it's good to see it sort of paying off now for Kuz because it was a tough year there are definitely times where he really struggled and things like that and now when everybody's struggling he's a bright spot and it's you know something that I wasn't expecting you know coming into this the other thing too though that I like with Kuzma with with that you know the Jesus line I think was in part self-deprecating at least a little Mm -hmm. bit just like the idea of you know everyone knows I'm I'm always going to take the shot right Right. but Kuzma actually in that same uh, post-game session because I asked him about it like in terms of his own development as a player, where he wants to be. I mean, he, he said, I've still got a ways to go before I'm the defender that I want to be. I still have a ways to go before I'm the complete playmaker and, and complete player that I want to be. So, I mean, as, as much as like he'll say, I would be starting on any team in the league and you can argue about whether or not that's accurate. He, he has not, I think, I don't think he thinks of himself as having arrived yet. Like, I, I think he thinks of himself as somebody capable of, of being there, whether he fair. can or I not. That's fair. But I don't think he's somebody like, Brian, when you and I covered Jordan Farmar, for example. like Jordan both Farmar of us, thought he, he right. was the shit Far- before Far- he was the shit. Exactly. I mean, Farmar, That's a UCLA thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get me to argue against that one as the sc guy but I mean, i'm with you <laughs> yeah i mean like you know and, and farmar was a solid player that's not my point but but jordan thought he was better than he actually was then and, and i and i think really the evidence of that was demonstrated when he came back for that second tour with the lakers where i think he was much more sort of grounded about who he was as a player i don't think kuzma thinks that he's better than he is in a way that can be detrimental, even if he puts out that type of confidence. Like, whether or not he can reach the levels that he thinks he's capable of reaching, you know, that that's still a very, very open question. But I, but I, you see players who think that they are, you know, who really, really think they are much better, better than yeah. they actually are. Yeah. I don't think that's Kuzma. Let me ask you guys this, and because I, I want to bounce back to LeBron here in a second. Um, but LeBron... Uh, the, the other really interesting thing that came out of that night 
when Coos hit the game winner. And it wasn't, I mean, the, the win itself was not particularly impressive. They struggled to beat Denver's like second and third team guys uh, down the stretch and needed that shot from Kuzma, which by the way, that, that, uh, that call and the execution just must have made your heart flutter, Mo. <laughs> I, I mean, you must have loved that. Love- Did you recognize that ripped off play? I didn't recognize it as where he got it from, but I've seen, it's just, to me, it's like a regular post split that we've seen kind of run a lot in Golden State as well. So, you know, it, a little bit different from how it was developed, but I loved it. I mean, anytime, listen, you guys know me. If any game I watch and there's a good executed play, there, there's little butterflies in my oh. heart. I'm all happy. It's, it's just it's a goofy smile on my Mo, face. Mo, that, at that moment, Mo <laughs> wanted to have like a thousand of Frank Vogel's babies. Um, but <laughs> I, the, the, part, the other part of that post-game press conference that got people's attention, and rightly so, because LeBron never says anything that doesn't have purpose behind it, was when he said that you know for us to win a championship, Kuzma needs to be our third best player. Can he do like do you after what do you think he can be that good? I'm not saying he's got to be great every night, but that means in three out of every four games, three out of five, whatever it is that they play, Kuz has to be a legit presence and a legit force on the floor playing really well. Can he do that through four rounds? I think so. I'm a little bit scared because this is his first playoffs, you know, and there is that sense of even though there's no crowd the intensity level is going to rise. And, you know, we've seen it in some of these games that we've watched in the bubble. Like it, when the intensity level picks up, you can feel it. It doesn't necessarily need a crowd. You can see it on the guys. And I think that's something we'll all be curious about for, for him. But if he just continues to shoot 40% from three, you know, and, and, and gives an effort from three and he's shooting 44. Now let's assume even let's you know, if he's 38, 38, that's a big win for the Lakers, you know, and, and if they get a good AD game and a good LeBron game in the, at the same time, that's, that's a win in a playoff game, and that's huge, and that's really where that kind of goes to it. But he can't – but Kuz can't have a step back. He can't slow down after these eight games. He's got to be able to continue to show that defense. He's got to be able to continue to show that confidence offensively. And he, you know, it's back to what you guys were saying. He's making the right reads and things like that. It gets tougher in the playoffs, so – you know, I'm sure as they go further, it will get harder. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop off. But it's a positive sign that this is there. In the meantime, too, I mean, there's just so many other things that need to pick up for this team. And like, you know, something like the shooting, for example, like I think it can be better than what it's been. But the truth is they've not been a great shooting team all season. Right, but they only, but they, we, we've seen with the three-point shoot, they don't need to be a great three-point shooting team to be a really efficient offensive team. They're the, the best team in the league field goal percentage-wise. Although a couple people have pointed out a lot of that comes from plays in transition and pushing and all that. I think they miss Avery Bradley offensively. I really do. I, I, I mean, I've heard a couple players, uh, you know, talking with them over Zoom, asking about uh, what they missed with Bradley. And I'll be curious to get uh, your take on this, Mo, because, you, you know, you see this stuff better than either one of us. But Bradley's ability to run the wings, you know, it, it, like run in transition, like even if he's not the guy that ultimately gets the ball, you know, he has that ability just to create pressure that way. And also, too, I think they miss his in-between game. Like he's one of the only guys on this team that regularly goes to a mid-range game with real efficiency. And even though I, I know it's not, you know, what the analytics say you should do is what he's been doing all year. And he's actually been pretty good at it. And it's just something different. Like he, he's one of the, he's one of the only guys that really presents that type of angle. And I think you, you know, beyond what you miss from him defensively, you know, the ability to pressure and pick up 94 feet and just be disruptive. I, I think they actually miss those elements offensively. Yeah. I think the stuff you touched on just him running, the the wings in transition it's going to draw defenses Mm -hmm. you know somebody's going to run out to him which opens up a lane or you know i think they're missing opportunities where he cuts you know and and he may not get a great cutter yeah and he may not get the good cutter he doesn't get the ball maybe on a cut but what it does is it forces the defense to move i'm a big fan like that's if i ever get a chance to coach again like that's going to be a big part of my offense is just constant off ball movement definitely not my team (laughs) but there's going to be constant movement just because it forces the defense to react and especially when teams are going to go double LeBron send an extra body at AD you want to have movement and stuff because that puts their rotations get all screwed up and things like that and I think that's something they really 
it's such a small thing that goes unnoticed with most people. But I think that's something that really gets missed with Bradley. I, I was going to say, I didn't realize until watching him on a regular basis. And this was probably something you knew because, you know, you've done stuff with the Clippers and he had been with them. I didn't realize just how good of a cutter he was. He's a sneaky good cutter. It's great. And, and, and it's, it's not just like, okay, they go there. I'm going to cut now. It's the timing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that comes to like when the guy guarding him is, you know, is looking at him, then goes, looks at the ball. And as soon as he goes to look at the ball, he's gone and he's cutting behind him. And you can see it carefully. You'll see it in some games in the playoffs where a guy, a defender will, will, his man will cut. But when he goes to recover, he's recovering to where he last saw him. And that's the problem. And I think that's this kind of stuff they're missing here a little bit with the, the Lakers offense. And that's something that, you know, comes to it. But I also think they're, they're missing Rondo a little bit offensively because he's kind of good at just, it's the, it's not the assist, it's the hockey assist, or it's the pass to the pass to the pass, but it's just kind of, he just makes crap happen. And it may not lead to an immediate bucket, but it'll, it'll somehow force a movement and and go. There's frustration, I think always with Rondo, but you know, they, he, they just don't have anybody else right now who can do, who can replicate the, the skill set. And you know, like all, him or dislike him, they don't right. have anybody who can do right. it. You for need somebody. Of, for all of Rondo's issues, and there are a lot, and there are real, you know, they are real, even if you think that he is overrated or like a shadow, you know, of himself, you know, in terms of what he's supposed to be, they don't have a lot of players right. who can replicate it. So let me ask you guys this, and then because we have a lot to uh, still to get to, including the rules about who exactly is allowed in the bubble um, and who you might want to bring in. Uh, if you had that kind of power to get somebody into the bubble, to penetrate the bubble, uh, who would you bring in? So we have a couple of que- you know, things to ask about that. Um, but I'm getting the impression, Andy, I know you agree, LeBron does not like the bubble. LeBron no, he does, does not, not like bubble life. He doesn't like being there. I think he finds being away from his family in this way stressful. Um, I think he just like it's it's not he doesn't like it. I, I he hasn't said in as many words, but it seems pretty clear when you watch his his post games and his press conferences, Mo, this is not for him. And so I, I want do you think that has anything to do with the performance? I, I think it has an effect for sure. I don't know how much. I would say it does, but it's, it's something that weighs on you. Like I know players in the NBA who, you know, they can't perform unless everything in their life is, is rolling, you know, and, and, and everything's at peace. And I know guys who, <laughs> who can only play when things are chaotic or other ways around. And, you know, obviously I don't know LeBron personally, but you know, it, it does feel like he draws a lot of energy from his family. And I think that's something that he's missing. And it's hard to have that, you know, like when I did Team Australia stuff, I was gone for three months at a time, you know, during the off season, and I wasn't anywhere near my family. It was just hard to feel connected to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, anybody back home. It just, I just didn't have that. So it's, it's, I, I, I didn't have the same strict quarantine or rules that he has in the bubble, but it's a challenge. And I think I can see it. You can see it in every press conference because he mentions it somehow, you know, passively in every press conference. It does weigh on him in a way and and there's no way it doesn't bleed a little bit into his you know game on the court and then andy i I do wonder as well i don't know if it's a lighting thing with the with the the games inside the bubble the way that yes you know they've got that that set up on any of the courts whatever the tv maybe he's seen a few shots the tv stuff has not made his hairline look good dude it is jacked that that hairline is straight up Fucked up. <laughs> like it just is. That, like, and may you know, I mean, we've we've learned from our president that uh different light bulbs and different lighting can totally change the way you you look as a person. And I mean yeah. that's why it's it's so important that he's uh trying to change light bulbs in America. But I mean, maybe the bubble Andy, has left Andy, LeBron and yes. shower heads. And shower heads. They're connected. There's no there's no point to having the luxuriousness of, of a proper light bulb if you don't get the shower that first sets up your hair. That's exactly right. So right. maybe you get the glow. I mean, perhaps LeBron feels, you know, exposed in the bubble and that's become distracting for him. But I mean, dude needs, we brought up Jesus before, dude needs to come to Jesus. Yeah, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. And, and we know got, what the, we the speak of, is, guys, the, the template is there. The template is 100% there because the beard, honestly, the beard looks great. I like when he lets the gray in. He can get rid of it. Doesn't he should matter. do more of that. Isaac Hayes. 
like that's the look the clean MJ. super clean up top no but mj never had the thick beard super clean True. up top okay with the nice bushy beard underneath like that's a that would be a great look on lebron like that's okay go there it, my friend it, it's time it's time too you know what i would love it if he unveiled it for the playoffs oh if it was just one of those things of like all right it's time to to shave and let's go New it sounds so LeBron. stupid that would break twitter it, it would, would be oh it would twitter would go maybe that's playoff back. lebron maybe like maybe because remember last year we were supposed to have, what did he say he was activated and then unfortunately it never happened right maybe this is activated lebron like he's going you heard it here first people he's gonna shave the head he's gonna bick the thing if right he, before the playoffs there are two times where i'll say lebron's gonna have huge games it's it's when he bicks the head he's gonna have a monster game and whenever his family arrives at at Disney World, then I'm going to expect like whatever stats he was doing, I expect it to go up at least 10 to 15 percent. Um, all right, so it's, it's got to be hard for though, really quick for a guy yeah. like LeBron. Just, I mean, forget just wanting to be around his family, and we know how close that he is to his family and how much it matters to him. There's nobody, arguably, in the league with more going on outside of basketball than LeBron. So it's got to be, I mean, for for him in particular being confined in this type of space yeah, has routine, got a really, routine is really bizarre. Screwed. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw it. Sorry, I know, Brian, we're, we're, we're about to change topics. But Doesn't like matter. the, the uh, uh, Woj just tweeted an article from Jeff uh, Passan, and they've just said that LeBron is teaming up with the Dodgers to turn uh, Dodger Stadium into a polling place in November. Oh, in that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, like the stuff he's doing and the stuff he's always working on, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with his game, but it's just kind of proven that, like, he, he he's doing a lot, you know, and he's got a lot on his plate. So he's always working on stuff. So I just wanted to highlight that's a dope thing. That's something I think every NBA team's arena should be used as a polling place as well as their practice facilities. Dodger yep. Stadium, very versatile right now. You can get yep. a COVID test and now you can vote. You can probably do both at the same time, I guess, on, on, on election day if you want. Two birds, one stone. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's a high PER trip to uh, Chavez Ravine. Um, quick reminder, 20% off at Delicious Pizza, two locations, uh, West Adams and Hollywood, deliciouspizza.com, or when you call up, use the code CAMBROTHERS, password. I think it's password in CAMBROTHERS, CAMBROTHERS. Like you just whisper it in the phone, you get 20% off. Um, great food, supporting a local business in LA, and they just happen to be uh, big Laker fans. So you're doing a lot yeah, of good work support, there by ordering. supporting local business and Laker fans all in one fell swoop yes. while getting really well fed because the yes, pizza is awesome. Pizza's great. Food's great. So deliciouspizza.com. Uh, we're going to get to this bubble visitor thing here and, and, and who's allowed in. I, 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 I ask this question all the time to basically everyone. I still think the Lakers and Clippers, particularly now that Westbrook is maybe going to miss a little time and, and you know, Denver hasn't quite got their guys back in order and all that. Lakers, still Lakers and Clippers. Based on what we saw over those eight games, Mo, who do you, who you give the edge to right now, assuming those two teams meet in the Western Conference Finals? It's, it's tough. Like I think it's actually a seven-game series. I think it's a lot closer than people – would give it i'm just gonna go clippers right now but it's like a hair like if you could ask me in two hours and i might have changed my mind you know it's it's gonna be tight and i think what the the clippers just have a lot of weapons they can continually to throw at you you know and, right. and okay marcus morris isn't hitting shots okay fine jamichael green get on the floor and hopefully he's making shots if not it's patrick patterson like they can go different they have like almost multiple guys they can go to to try to fill whatever role and I think that's kind of the depth that the Lakers are missing I think the Lakers have two of the best three players in that series and and I think that's something like you know we always know in the playoffs top end talent matters and I think that's something that makes the difference there so it, it's going to be a real tight series I think you know the games throughout the year have been relatively close you know the all of them at times, you know, Lakers looked like they were going to win and then the Clippers pull it out at the end and stuff like that. So I don't know if I feel like any team should feel so confident that they could beat the other one. I just think it's going to be a brawl. And I'm like, I know you guys are too and everybody is, but I'm just devastated. We're not going to get to see that at Staples. Center. I know. It sucks. 
This thing's never going to happen. Like, let's just be honest. We've been <laughs> promised a hallway series since 2006. Remember uh, the, yeah. the year that Kobe and, and the Lakers lost in the first round of the Suns because they blew that 3-1 lead. And the Clippers actually made the playoffs because at the time that was extremely unusual. Yeah. And they beat Denver in the first round. And we, we were supposed to get that hallway series. And it never happened. Yeah. Then it didn't happen during the Kobe Powell years versus the Lob City. Like, it's just, it's never going to happen. I don't know it's why. Like, it's like it fetch. It's like fetch. We should stop making Mean it. Girls. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We should just yeah. stop making it, ha- try, try to, <laughs> to make it happen. I, I, I agree with I, I've been I've been kind of shading Clippers most of the year. And it's for those same reasons. It's like, I feel like, okay, Lou Will there, you have Trez, you have like all these things. Kawhi is going to be Kawhi. And I think like, it's kind of funny because you don't think of him in this way, but like their Kyle Kuzma in a lot of ways is Paul George. Like if, if you get the version of Paul George that was an MVP caliber player for a lot of, of uh, last season, like that guy, they're going to win a title. Like that is a title, yeah, champ- right. that's a championship team. Like if, he, if Paul George is a top five guy, with Kawhi, with that bench, with that versatility and that coaching, it's, it's, I think it's kind of a wrap, but you just don't know. Like you don't, like you don't know what it's going to be. And I just, Andy and I argued about this last week. We don't need to get back into it. I just feel like they have a bigger margin for error because if George is having a little rougher game, you have a better chance of getting something from Lou Williams or some of those other yeah, guys. Then... If you look at his playoff history, you don't. <laughs> yeah, and against don't. the Lakers, the Lakers are good at taking him out of games. Like they've shown at, the ability. If you to look do at that. Lou's history in the playoffs, you actually don't. Just I'm just saying, saying you know, impo- it's considerably worse. Yeah. There this, you is, go. this is very much Stewie talking to Brian about his book. <laughs> 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 that whole tone Andy had going. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, the NBA announced this might help LeBron get some, some of his friends and, and family into the bubble uh, that you can bring in guests. Start, starting as early as uh, August 31st, those with, this is, God, this is fantastic language. Those with, quote, established, pre-existing, and known relationships. <laughs> like, and it can't, like, you have to, like, physically, like, know a person. It can't be, like, a person I know from Instagram right. or something like that. You have to, like, actually, it's got to be documented that like, you, like, know these people. Oh, that, that whole thing is really just saying no IG models. Right. Like yeah. The IG model that you hook up with when you're in Indianapolis, she doesn't count. Right. The stripper that you know, the stripper that you know from when you normally visit Orlando doesn't count. <laughs> That's not like what it, we mean it, by it knowing. Needs to be, it needs to be documented. Like yeah. there needs to be documentation that this is a real thing, a real family member, you know, not not a suspiciously hot cousin that we've never heard you mention before <laughs> that all of a sudden is in your family tree. Like there, there, there needs to be proof. How many, how many cousins does he have? <laughs> Why do they do, all want one room? None of them look alike. What's going on? <laughs> like, what is this? And they're all sharing one room, one bed? So confused. Weird family. <laughs> yeah, so but I mean, the, that's how things are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, the the definition of pre-existing, personal, known, and established is going to be really, really key to this whole thing, Mo. Yeah, I mean, this is. I understand all of it too. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. You know, first, uh, the the probably the not positive one is like. Some guys might know the same person and mm-hmm. it might not be uh mm-hmm. might ruin the harmony we have in the bubble. Like so we're you're saying have... you're saying someone's cousin might be someone else's cousin too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know we were family. <laughs> or, yeah. or it could even be that cousin of yours, it turns out was dating this other player who, by the way, his wife is there. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there, there's, there's a there's, lot potentially that could happen. There, there, there's so many areas where it's like this could go really wrong and of course there's the other thing and this is the thing that scares me even when the families come is you know this is the next test in terms of the the covid and keeping this a clean environment you know well they do have everybody's got a quarantine everybody's got it's it's either three days off campus and then four when you get there or seven when you get there so I, i suspect most families will do the former where you 
Because this is the thing. Like, I wonder how many people actually are going to be able to get their families there. Because you, have, right. if you have little kids, keeping them inside a room for four days is not going to be easy. It's Plus, a, disaster, a lot of them are starting um, school. You got to go to school. Virtually like all these other whatnot. things. So a lot of these players are not really going to have their families there. It might be a girlfriend. It might be whatever. And I, it's we. Sh I should point out, like. Bas it's, basketball players are no different than any other young men, young rich men, you know, athletes, whatever it is. The jokes are so low hanging. Yeah. We can't <laughs> help but make them. But it's like these guys, it's not like we're talking about a bunch of dirt bags who are just all going to try to bring in hookers. And it's not I mean, going, it's not that. It's not necessarily, it's not, you know, like most of these guys just want to bring their girlfriends or bring their wives or see their kids or you know, like it, they treat it like anybody else would treat. Uh, the opportunity to get people inside the bubble. Um, it's it's not their fault the NBA put out that release with that kind of language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, well, <laughs> that made the yes Well, it's no. a little their fault. Yes and no. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not totally uh, not their fault. I mean, there's a reason the language was specific. Yes. <laughs> and, and to some degree, I mean, fault might be the wrong word. They are the catalyst. For that language, even if fault you feel is too strong. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, if you guys could, like, in, in sort of like, you know, I, I obviously would bring my wife, Andy would bring his, and Mo, whoever you find significant in your life. But if if, if you no could bring in anybody, <laughs> <laughs> let's just <laughs> wow, that turned dark. That was, really, that was sad. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm in space alone, fellas. I was just. <laughs> I was just trying to breeze through the part about like, I don't know a whole lot about Mo's personal life. I don't want to dwell. So, but like, if really you could get, if you could get anybody in and ignoring the established pre-existing and known relationship part, just to keep you company, just because you think they would be fun. Who would you bring into the bubble with you? I've been thinking about this for a while. And it needs to be somebody that you can kind of just have a good time with, have a laugh with. This is somebody you're going to hang out with for the next two months. And it's, it's somebody you're going to kind of see all the time. And it's somebody I don't know at all. And I'm, I'm not looking at this in terms of the IG models or anything like that way, but just somebody to hang with. Kind of just want to hang out with George Clooney. So I'm going to bring Clooney with me. Clooney I just feel fun. like it's on I think my he'd list. be a fun hang. He's on my list. Yeah, Absolutely. Just a fun hang all together. I think he would just make things interesting. He likes to play jokes and things like that. We can keep He's known for lively. holding court. Like this sounds like kind of his deal. It's, it's very like similar actually to my, my, my pick, Andy. Who, who's, well, I'll just say mine. My, mine is Tom Hanks. Like I'm bringing Hanks with me. Hanks would be everybody fantastic. loves and, Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's true. And he's just such a, he, a lovely guy. Like, yeah. So yeah. you and I are on the same page, Andy. No, that's a really good one. Like my, my immediate instinct for a question like this is always Bill Murray. But then I thought about it a little more and I'm like, Bill Murray would be incredibly entertaining for those moments that he wants to be, but he's also got a rep for being moody. And this is too long for, for uh, a period a guy with moodiness. So my criteria was I want guys who seem like they'd be easy hangs and also to guys with stories. Like, you know, guys that could just right. keep me entertained with stories or like the things that yep. they're interested in, stuff like that. So the guys on my list are Jeff Bridges. He's known as one of the most easygoing guys in Hollywood. Seems like a great hang. You know, he's got stories. You know, he'll start a guitar circle. You know, he'll teach me about photography. Keith Richards major laid back he's got <laughs> stories for days hard might, to understand. Get it. might be hard to understand them i got time that's i got time it. to learn my bigger my bigger issues is he might get you kicked out of the bubble with uh what he's packing well but remember there's there's no there's no uh testing remember that's true there, there is no testing uh in, in the bubble and certainly they don't test somebody like me who isn't going to be playing i'm just in the bubble for unspecified reasons um david letterman I think would be fantastic. Especially Letterman's like, a little intense these days, though. No, I see. I think it's the opposite. I think he's less intense. You know, he does his talk show now. He's, he seems more uh, laid back. And then finally, and this is not about the politics. He just seems like he'd be great to hang with. And you know, he's got stories. Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with bringing in Obama is that too many people are going to want to be hanging with you. Like you bring Obama into the bubble. You're gonna have a lot of people around you. It'd be hard to find alone out. time with you and your buddy. No, but yeah. you know, though, it works out well for me because you know there are gonna be times where I just want alone time. Period. So That's they true. all hang out with my buddy Obama, and then I get to go hang him. I just, room. I, I, yeah, okay. I think one one thing that makes Hanks a winner here is that you know he can do quarantine. 
Like he's he's done <laughs> right, it already. Right. Like you know he yes. can do 14 days in one place without like it being a problem. He went, and this is, what? Yeah, five You're years right. in castaway. <laughs> exactly. He's done even more than that. Um, so I, I that's I think what um that's what I would do with that. Um Andy, the uh you had something you wanted to mention about virtual fans before we go. I'm kind of digging these things. I love them. Mo, I love the era of virtual fans. I love the creativity that's going into this. I love people sitting there with their pets or, you know, that yeah. somehow a goat was there. <laughs> like, I, I think actually, I'm sure this is still an adjustment for the players involved. And, and this is weird and I don't blame them for it being weird. But for the fan experience of watching these games from your house, I think the league has done a fantastic job. I feel like you're only going to be distracted by the piped in noise or the lack of true fans if you're looking to be distracted. Like to me, like it doesn't, it, it's felt like any other NBA game. I think it's been really fun. And I, I think they've made the best out of a difficult situation. I thought they've done a great job across the board. I mean, the watching it on TV, I don't know how you guys feel, but like, I don't feel like it's that different from a game. Oh. You know, oh. it's, it's the same. And I have, you know, I know people who are like, oh, this is annoying. So that I'm like, man, that's a you problem. Cause that's just, you know, it's, I think you said it perfectly, Andy, they're looking for something to point out. The virtual fans is awesome. I think, you know, putting in players, family members in there was a great idea. Dude, Did you Kuzma guys see this? Balled out in front of virtual mother, mama Kuzma. That's all out, man. It's dope, you know. And did you guys see the the what the Suns did recently for the yeah. opening lineup and having the each family member kind of introducing them? Like that's just awesome. And I thought that was fun. I think there's a level of creativity that they're they're playing with. Obviously, we everybody prefer real fans there, but this is still a fun thing. And I think it's a fun way to keep fans engaged and you know rolling with their team and things like that. So for me, man, it's. It was a smart idea. I would have never have thought about it, to be honest. I'm glad they put it all together and things like that. So you can't you can't go wrong with it, man. I think it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like it. Um, and aside from like, I kind of like seeing what the courts look like. It's kind of neat. I, I like that look. It's fun to see like a team's home court. Other than that, it's it's the same. It's like watching a game on TV. Um, all right, Mo Dekeel. You know him from Nerder, she wrote, with Dave Dufour. You get that on The Athletic. Uh, Kelly Eco, uh, Brody and the Beard, and then obviously all the stuff at Bleacher Report. Sometimes we do the thing where like we let the guests go, and then we like Andy and I keep talking. We're not doing that this time, Andy. We're just going to let them go, right? No, we we're, want we're all Mo for this it's show. Just, this is, it's, yeah. It's, this is the Dekeel, <laughs> as we said before, and in in, reaching out to you, we're in the Dekeel business. And, and, and once we're done with Mo, the show's over. Yep. And anytime you guys need me, I'm, I'm available. I love chatting with you guys. I miss hanging out at Staples Center with you guys. Uh, you guys miss hanging out on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll get you'll what get. I've learned throughout before. this is Mo, you're a very very lonely man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in space. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, again, twenty percent off at uh, deliciouspizza.com. Two locations: Hollywood and West Adams. Tell them that the Cam Brothers sent you either uh, delicious, uh, online or uh, when you call them up, carry out all that stuff. It's really great food. Big Lakers fans, support your local businesses. Uh, we'll be back on Monday previewing the first round when we know who it's, uh, it's going to be after the big weekend play-in games. Thanks again to Mo, and thanks again to you for listening. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts.